Welcome to the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions, a leading source for interprofessional collaboration to improve health. Useful insights about publishing in this organization's Journal of Allied Health can be found in a top podcast series featuring episodes narrated by its editor, Dr. Thomas Elwood. Listeners not only will obtain valuable information about transformational developments in the wider world of journal publications, but also views on peer review and reasons why manuscripts either are accepted or rejected. So listen, learn, and enjoy. Welcome to a series of podcasts based on editorials that were published between 2008 and 2020 in the Journal of Allied Health. These items are a companion piece to a book in both print and ebook formats that is entitled From Fish to Philosopher. The editorials represent an effort to convey how the journal continues to evolve from one quarterly issue to the next by reflecting changing sets of circumstances during that time period. The intended audience consists of prospective authors who consider submitting manuscripts to the Journal of Allied Health. They will have an opportunity to learn about some inner workings of this publication. A second group comprises readers and listeners with a broad interest in the universe of professional periodicals who may benefit by learning more about various topics such as open access, impact factors, gender-related issues, predatory journals, and replicability. Episode 10, Winter 2010 Issue. The Impact of Technology on Journal Accessibility. Readers growing long in the tooth who remember the halcyon days of the early to mid-1960s will recall what was necessary in order to read a journal article that was assigned for a particular course. If it already was in the hands of another student at the library, then the next step entailed adding one's name to a waiting list. Increments of 30 minutes per reader were standard back then, so if an individual's name was fifth on the list, the prized acquisition was two hours away from being obtained. No copying machines were available, requiring absorption of the gist of the paper and rapid note-taking of its perceived essence. Compare that practice to today's luxury of reclining in a dormitory bed and accessing an article electronically. Are today's young savants more adept intellectually than their 1960s counterparts? Writing skills and the ability to express thoughts logically and concisely render that likelihood a debatable proposition. Another important point has to do with the immediacy of the contents of an article. Months can elapse from the time a manuscript is submitted until it is published. An additional delay occurs in mailing the journal, coding it in the library database, and placing it on the shelves. In marked contrast, many periodicals currently post articles online that are one month ahead. For example, in October, it is possible to view the November issue. Measuring Readership In the 1960s, it would have been impossible to indicate how many faculty or students were reading particular articles in any journal, nor was it known how many copies were made after copying machines became available. Also unknown is how many subscribers with a printed copy at their fingertips read a paper, nor is it possible to assess which articles are perused in a library. But there is a proxy measure for readership in the form of the number of downloads that are made of the electronic version. By that standard, ASAHP's journal does well. 
Throughout 2009-2010, the Journal of Allied Health ranked in the top 90 as measured by the number of downloads among 13,530 publications that are tracked each month. In September 2010, the journal ranked 69th. The 1970s were marked by the creation of the Journal of Allied Health. Its founder, Dr. J. Warren Perry, set in motion a publication for launching much valuable information that has accumulated since 1972. The second issue that year contained the inaugural Mary E. Switzer Lecture, an address made by Dr. Darrell Mays, the first president of the Association of Schools of Allied Health Professions. That item is reprinted as a classic on page 314 in the current issue of the journal. The Mays article and others in the winter 2010 issue will be accessible to many readers on smartphones and iPads. Use of the former increased more than 75% from 2007 to 2009, demonstrating significant growth in the use of this medium. In April 2010, Apple unveiled the iPad, a product heralded as one that will change multiple industries. More than 3 million of these instruments were sold in the first three months that they went on sale. Their use for health professionals will open new vistas for acquiring valuable results of research initiatives and for interacting with patients and colleagues. Comparisons with other journals. Generally, conflict of interest is not a matter of concern for manuscripts published in the Journal of Allied Health. In contrast, a study appearing online on September 13, 2010 in the Archives of Internal Medicine called for more transparency by authors who are highly paid consultants for orthopedic device makers. When writing about a firm's products, authors paid $1 million or more disclosed their company affiliations only about half the time. In such cases, it also would be worthwhile for readers to know if authors have other kinds of industry relationships, such as consultancies, honoraria, and stock options. A different kind of situation exists in China, according to an editorial in the September 3, 2010 issue of Science. Research merit does not always result in funding. Instead, cozying up to bureaucrats and a small handful of powerful scientists is more important. Researchers favored by the status quo resist meaningful reform, while opponents of the current system choose to be silent for fear of losing future grant opportunities. Obviously, research of lesser quality has an impact on the value of what will appear in the literature. Finally, there is the question of what to accept for publication in the Journal of Allied Health. An author recently asked if a 6,000-word manuscript could be accepted when the limit is 3,000 words. James Watson and Francis Crick published an article on April 25, 1953, in Nature that suggested a structure for the salt of DNA, noting that the structure has novel features which are of considerable biological interest. This landmark piece that revolutionized biomedical advances is fewer than 900 words in length. It would be difficult to find a paper that matches its elegance and simplicity of language. Thus, the case remains closed regarding a 6,000-word addition to our journal. 
thank you for joining us. You can learn more about the Association of Schools Advancing Health Professions at ASAHP.org.